0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of ITVarsity Tech Watch. I'm your host, Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host, Masihullah Katrada. And today we're going to continue the topic of smart cities. Now, this is a really, really big buzzword in South Africa currently. In fact, last night uh, there was a program on SABC Live uh, News Channel and I was invited to speak about the topic. Now, the reason behind that... Was uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa's announcement that he'd like to see the development of a brand new smart city somewhere near Johannesburg. And this has raised a whole lot of conversation in the country around its viability, around whether he is realistic in uh, his vision or it's just a pipe dream, whether it's something that's achievable or not. But nonetheless, whether President Ramaphosa is on the right track or not, The fact remains that smart cities are on the rise globally. Smart cities are changing the world as we live it. They're changing life in uh, cities as we know it. And the best part about smart cities is that they are not any different from ordinary cities. When you look at them and you live in them, you don't see anything unusual. This is not uh, a, a scenario where you would see a city like something out of a movie like Blade Runner or The Matrix, you know, where things are futuristic and there's ultra-intelligent people walking around. No, it's nothing like that. A smart city is not all about that. A smart city is where they have employed various cyber-physical systems, meaning systems that are real-world systems but connected to powerful computers running artificial intelligence which are the brains and these uh, cities thanks to being connected to these computers they streamline life of citizens from behind the scenes not from somewhere you see it you know they say the best technology is the one that you even forget about its existence or you don't even know about its existence it's just there and it does its thing quietly in the background it's not It's not in front of us. It's not in your face. So there's a lot of smart cities emerging. And in the previous episode, we spoke about a few of those like Istanbul, um, Singapore, uh, Dubai. And there's lots and lots of other cities which may not technically be called smart cities, but they are cities that are implementing smart technologies to solve major problems. So in the SAPC program, I spoke about the concept of smart cities and what I think of President Ramaphosa's idea. And my my take, as I mentioned in the previous episodes, was that I'm all for it. I'm very, very pro-technology. However, the thing that I do differently is rather than establishing a brand new standalone smart city in south africa that is developed by uh, foreign companies or some foreign country i would rather the president put out a challenge to south african youth to come up with some of the most pressing challenges that people in their communities and their cities are facing and if they come up with any good viable solutions then offer them some sort of funding like the mayor of london is doing currently he has put out a challenge to you to come up with smart solutions for London, and you could get up to twenty thousand pounds of funding from the city of London if your idea is good enough so that's the kind of initiative that we need to be uh, running in this country, and we need to have a vision of converting every city in South Africa into a smart city Definitely. i mean we've got yeah, no i agree i mean just to add that. There's no better
1: person to come up with a smart solution than the people who are living in in, in
0: these situations. Exactly. I mean, you can't expect an outsider to come and solve your problem. You feeling the pain. You you facing the problem, and you're the best one to solve that problem. Now, in the in the in the age that we're living in, cities have become bigger than anything we've seen in in human history. I mean, we haven't seen cities as big as Istanbul is today or Tokyo is today and uh, this further necessitates the need for smart cities because as the cities are growing there's a lot a lot of pressure on the infrastructure of these cities there's a lot of pressure on service delivery on things like hospitals schooling traffic uh, food supply water supply solid waste removal sewage all of these things if not planned well in advance, if not planned for the next few decades, are not going to cope. And as cities become ever bigger, and this is what we're going to talk about today, these the cities that are emerging, and these cities are what I like to call the mega, mega cities, because we already have mega cities, like Tokyo. But Tokyo is going to look like a village next to some of the new cities that are emerging or new mega mega cities i mean these are not new cities in in the strict sense of of being brand new as in not existing but it's just cities that are currently not on the map as far as mega cities goes but over the next 50 to 60 years they're going to be the biggest cities in the world and boy are they going to be huge these cities are going to be huge but then the whole concept of uh, big city starts off back in what the, the BC era 1400 BC the city of Thebes
1: the crown jewel of the Egyptian empire one of the most uh, industrious and successful cities ever it was located uh, near the Nile river and it was home to over 80,000 people Okay, now for that time it was it was massive. It was unheard of. These were the people who built the pyramids. They were some of the most uh, ingenuitive people uh, I- in that era. But like we see in history, civilizations are born and die. And a thousand years later, the Egyptian empire had fallen to a brand new superpower, the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire made... The Egyptian empire looked like a small village, just like you described with Tokyo. And it had, uh, I think it,
0: it, the inhabitants of the Roman Empire were close to one million. Do you mean the, the entire empire or just the city of Rome?
1: Oh, uh, sorry, just the city of Rome. Oh, okay. Just the city
0: of Rome. So the city of Rome had one million inhabitants, while Thebes had 80,000. I guess Thebes I- back in the day must have been a mega city, but by today's standards, it's just a biggish town. I agree. that's it correct now
1: if we fast forward again and now we head to the 21st century the biggest city was london it was the capital of the british empire and it was it was the economic and
0: military center of the world and this it's is towards the end of the 1900s early 20th century correct and uh, their um, population stood firmly at 6 million inhabitants okay so from Thebes, 80000 rome 1 million turn of the century london turn of the 20, uh, 20th century london 6 million inhabitants now you can see that that cities have been growing and uh, since the you know the 20th century we've seen like massive growth in uh, in cities now what's interesting is that london at the time uh, had a very ancient infrastructure. I mean, if you look at the the water supply, waste disposal, the underground uh, sewers that they had, these were, were not, not coping any longer with 6 million inhabitants. I don't think they envisioned London to be such a huge city, but there it was massive. And uh, from that point onwards, they had to really revamp london's uh, infrastructure so moving on twin- 120 years it's almost 2020 where do we stand with these mega cities well tokyo tokyo has a
1: population now that's six times more than turn of the century london we're looking at 36 million inhabitants
0: wow that's huge
1: that's amazing and it's it's just one of the the many mega cities around the world A few other examples are Delhi, which has 26 million, Shanghai, 24 million, Sao Paulo, uh, 21 million, and Mumbai, 20 million. Now, London nowadays does not even come on the top 10 list of largest
0: cities in the world. It's kind of taken a backseat. I don't think even South African cities... The last time I checked, uh, Johannesburg, was, which is the biggest city in South Africa was somewhere around 9 number 90 on the 101 biggest cities in the world wow. and uh, you know according to to the Go- global cities institute based in canada nearly 800 million people live in the world's largest 101 cities 800 million close close to a billion people that's like 11% of the world's population so 11% of the world's population lives in, in in cities but you know you know what's the more remarkable what's more remarkable is that by the end of this century by the year 2100 a quarter of the world's population will be living in cities and it's not going to be the population mm-hmm. of today the population is going to jump from the current 6 billion to 13 billion so the world's population is actually going to more than double by the end of the century and half of those people are going to be living in cities so there's this mass migration of people away from rural areas into cities and it's going to continue well into this uh, this uh, century to the to the end of uh, this uh, century and think about it 25% of 13 billion that's what like all, over 3 billion human beings are going to be living in cities can you imagine the strain that's going to put on the infrastructures of uh, of these cities? And here's the best part. This current urbanization trend that's uh, sweeping across Africa is going to continue. And the the three biggest cities by the end of this century are going to be right here in Africa. And they're going to be Lagos, Kinshasa, and Dar es Salaam. These are going to be the three mega cities and you know what? You know what the populations will, will stand at? It's 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 astounding. It's mind-boggling. Lagos is predicted to have a, a population of eighty-eight point three million people. Imagine a city that has eighty-eight point three million people—more than many countries of the world. Kinshasa will be sitting at not too far behind, eighty-three and a half million, and Dar es Salaam would be home to almost 74 million human beings can you imagine the size and extent of these uh, cities they are like little countries in their own right but the difference being rather than everybody being spread out across the 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 landscape everybody is going to be concentrated into a few hundred square kilometers within the confines of uh, that f- city or a few dozen square kilometers Now, when you look at cities of that magnitude, cities of that size, obviously there's massive uh, challenges that they're going to uh, pose. All right, when you go to Johannesburg, one of the first challenges that you face is traffic. I mean, in the morning, for no explicable, no humanly explainable reason, you're traveling on the M1 North. You're coming from southern Johannesburg, whether it's uh, the Robertsham side or the Linasia side, you're going north, and there's traffic on the road. Coming back in the evenings uh, a half an hour trip could take you one and a half to two hours because of the traffic so we obviously have traffic as one major uh, issue that that countries in in Africa are are facing well generally this is this is a general um, issue throughout the world but I think you know in South Africa besides traffic we face a whole lot of other problems like solid waste removal you look at some of the smaller uh, villages and townships in south africa it's not uncommon to see a group of children playing right next to a huge rubbish dump now this is totally totally unhygienic i mean these children are going to get sick if that rubbish is not moved from there if it's not dumped safely outside of the precincts of the city that's going to cause problems it's going to cause serious health issues in the same way it's it's not uncommon when you're driving in around certain, certain suburbs in johannesburg uh, even here in durban you'll find that there's sewer water with sewer you know flowing on the streets with sewer pipes have burst and the water is just flowing and it's disgusting it stinks and it's a, definitely a source of of diseases now add to that the the unemployment rates add to that um the myriad other other challenges that uh, people in our cities face and you can see that that we've got some real challenges here that that need to be addressed that really definitely needs to be addressed and if you don't then it's going to hurt not just the people living there but the whole economy one good example is is uh, un, uh, illegal uh, electricity you know people stealing electricity you get these people that are there are uh, getting free electricity by somehow unearthing the underground cables and hooking up their their homes to it. I don't even know how they do it, but it's dangerous. It's not just dangerous, but it's also hurting the economy. ESCOM loses billions of rands every year through this. Then there's uh, you know, somewhat smaller issues like uh, potholes on the roads, uh, roads that, are, that need some kind of repair, traffic lights down and then there are institutional problems like uh, like uh, for example um, corruption and bribery now these are all problems that we are facing in south africa we may not have the kind of problems that singapore has like you know where they have a space issue a space sh- space shortage issue or we may not have problems like istanbul which almost doubles in population every year thanks to the tourists But we have our own set of problems and what we need to do is to employ the right technologies to solve these problems we need to start thinking ahead and we we are fortunate in the sense that we're living in an age of artificial intelligence of computers that can think and make decisions for us that will be able to help us to resolve a lot of these problems i mean if you take uh, a city like like uh, mexico city for example now mexico city has uh, they realized that are certain areas where electricity supply is a huge problem so what they did was they uh, they implemented systems real world systems sensors monitors that that actually track power usage in some areas and found that that the power is being used or is being distributed inefficiently and what they're doing is using that information coming from there they're helping to make sure that everybody has an equal amount of electricity so that there's not uh, certain areas that are disadvantaged that have less electricity than others in a similar way Singapore we mentioned Singapore uh, last week they are using thousands of sensors that monitor everything from tides to sunlight to wind and they, they, they use these to draw information about the landscape of the city and they can they can make decisions about where to build buildings where to put recreational areas like parks uh, how tall a building can be what its orientation should be like what its design should be like so that it allows uh, the wind to flow uh, easily between uh, buildings or uh, a building doesn't overshadow another building or doesn't overshadow a recreational area too much it just gets the right amount of shade every every day so these are issues that we need to employ in South Africa so it's not a question around whether or not smart cities are relevant in South Africa considering our socio-economic problems that we are having it's not at all a question it's a necessity because the smart cities concept is what is going to solve those socio-economic problems is what is going to streamline these challenges and difficulties that people in our cities are facing and we need to plan well in advance we need to plan from now for people and generations that are coming later this century we can't afford a wait-and-see attitude we need to be proactive in in our planning and this is this is the main reason why I believe rather than putting up a brand new standalone city we need to work on the existing cities because as much as a brand new uh, city might uh, have all the smart technologies, the bulk of the country's population is still going to be in existing cities. And it's still going to have the same challenges. So rather than pouring money into something that may or may not work, we've got the population in the current cities. Let's make it work here. Let's address all these issues. Let's look at the difficulties that uh, our people are facing and help help alleviate these problems, create a better quality of life, uh, a more streamlined quality uh, of life, uh, you know a less stressful environment for the people using these smart technologies and the technologies are all out there it's nothing new uh, there's nothing uh, really uh, out of this world it, in, in, in many ways these technologies are being implemented in smaller ways in other uh, countries what we need to do as south africans is bring those technologies into our country tweak them to our specific context to solve our specific problems to uh, to encompass our specific culture and get our youth involved prepare them for becoming the innovators and the uh, smart city entrepreneurs of the future and get l- let them run with it let them solve these problems let's not bring outsiders to solve our problems let's solve our own problems let's get our youth and in that case what we're going to get is really smart smart cities because these smart cities are not just solving the problems of their citizens but they're also creating opportunities for the youth and giving them the opportunity to compete with their counterparts globally in innovation in technology in entrepreneurship I think that's a wrap for today's episode, Masula.
1: No, it it is, and it's actually <clears throat> a wrap of uh, this, the past two episodes where we discussed smart cities.
0: And um, really, it's been it's been a wonderful journey. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this uh, topic of smart cities because of two primary reasons. One is because of how exciting the technology itself is, but more importantly, the social economic impact that it's going to have on cities and on communities and uh, the country in general. So hopefully we'll run another uh, couple of episodes specifically on smart cities as we do more research about the smart technologies that are implemented in different parts of the world. But anyways, for now, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of IT Varsity Tech Watch. I am your host, Bilal Katrada. And I'm your co-host, Masihullah Katrada. And we'll catch you in the next episode.